What's up, Internet? And welcome back to another edition of the Comics Pals Book Club. I'm your host this month, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my pals, Sean. Hey. Marco. Bakugan. Again, and, and Kale. It's weird to come into this book with this much energy. I'm just hey, going to put that out there. That's my brand. I'm going to get serious when we get to the serious stuff. Right now, we're just saying hi, so let's keep it light. Um, But okay, wait. Now it's time to get serious. This month on the book club, we're here to talk about one of my favorite comics of all time, Magneto Testament. Uh, So this is uh, a book by writer Greg Pak, artist Carmine D. See, this is Italian, and I should be able to do it. Yeah, what's this? D D Gelato. Haven't spent enough time at home, huh? Gian Domenico? <laughs> yeah, D D D Gian Domenico. Domenico. I don't know why I'm having so trouble with that one. So much trouble with that. Jeez. Uh and then colors by Matt Hollingsworth. Hell that yeah. one was easy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump into it. Like I said, this was one of my favorites. Uh it was my pick this month, so um obviously we know my relation to the book. Um have any of you guys ever heard of this book before? Had you read it before? Nope. Feel... <laughs> <laughs> so you never heard of it before? Well, from Pete shouting it across the country, yeah, but sure. that's the extent of it. I have a strong feeling that I bought like either the whole thing or a few issues of it and read it or didn't. You might have this hardcover that I have. I definitely don't. Oh, that's uh, a nice hardcover. I would have bought it, it when it was coming out. But uh, for some reason, I, c- I couldn't remember... Like, I couldn't remember exactly everything, but then I also remembered it as if I had read it a hundred times. It's kind of weird. Okay. I'll explain more once we start really uh, diving in. Sure. What about you, Marco? I'd heard of it, but I've, I'd not read it. I didn't know who was on it. Didn't know what it was about. I just, I've heard of it. All right, cool. So, um, Sean, why don't we start with you? What were your spoiler-free thoughts on the book? Uh, I feel feel like I've read this before and the reason I feel that way is because it's really generic. Uh, it didn't do anything particularly special or unique. I didn't feel um, it didn't use Magneto in, in a way that felt true to his character. It didn't it didn't like try to it said something about him, but not anything that's special to him. Like mm, any okay. any person who comes out of that situation would be changed by it. So if this wasn't Magneto, it would be anybody. This doesn't need to be a Marvel comic. It doesn't need to start Magneto. It could just be whatever. And because they don't, there's not even an inkling of the the you know Eric Lencher that we know and love in this book. So I don't even know why it needed to be a Magneto book other than no one would buy it if it wasn't. Hmm. I So I actually had a similar feeling finishing issue five where I was like, okay, like that was a good story. It said what it needed to say, but I, I didn't feel like it was specific to Magneto, let alone an X-Men. Right. And I think that like, it didn't negatively impact the book for me. But I think it lessened the fact that it was like a Magneto book. I appreciate, you know, what, what they what they did with the story and the facts and all that stuff. But as a story, it's fine. As a comment on, yo, I didn't know his name was Eric. I mean, Max. But his name was Eric. I was confused by that, which we'll get into. They just but, decided to change his name. Uh, but uh, for what it does for Magneto. So I don't think it elevates the character necessarily. What about you, Kale? Uh, yeah, I'm actually not too far off from uh, Sean and Marco. Um, I think, honestly, even by by the time I got to the end of it, the fact that it is a Magneto story kind of took bits and pieces away from it for me. Hmm. Hmm, okay, I'm interested to, to pull on that. It's not as interesting as you want it to be. <laughs> Well, that's okay. Fine. <laughs> uh, so, all right. That's uh, let's jump into the spoiler f- spoiler full section then. Um, Kill. Do you want to expand on that at all? So this is this this is gonna probably come across as callous, given that it's a a, a book about the Holocaust. But like, I feel like if you're gonna make a book about a character whose whole thing is magnet powers 
the fact that you don't show him really using the magnet powers to do anything is kind of a waste of that character. I get that it's to show where he comes from and why he is who he is, but I feel like that could have been done uh, even even if you did uh, a story about one of Magneto's contemporaries, you know, uh, somebody who survived alongside him mm. or something. Like, the fact that this was a Magneto story felt wasted. Okay, yeah, like that there's not enough... Uh, and Sean made that point too, right? That there's not enough of the character that we know for it to feel like you're getting enough out of that. It feel and like I I struggle with that for a minute because like if you if you guys remember, I think it's in in the first X Men film, Magneto. It shows Magneto in in the yeah. concentration camp or whatever, and he does something. Yes, I love that scene, mm-hmm. and it 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 sort of said more to me about Magneto than this did. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I I think to to Kale's point, like him not using his powers affected it for the char- the story for the character. Uh like for example when his parents are killed, I think in issue two or three, they're they're being shot at. I'm like, oh cool, this is what's gonna come out. And that that it didn't happen. Like his powers, he was gonna block them. He was gonna do something, deflect them, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. It didn't manifest itself. I found that curious and just kind of followed along with the story at that point. Or I wasn't sure necessarily where it would be going, and it didn't negatively affect the story, but it, it did temper my expectations a bit. Yeah, well, and it, it does lessen Magneto's impact on the story, right? Like it, it, it. His powers are really a non factor you know like they like they they play a certain role in like small ways you know but not in a way that's like not in a way that i think you would like expect at all and not even in a way that maybe makes sense you know um like maybe it sh- it should be more they kept him alive and that's about it right did they keep him alive uh he was in a firing line yeah in the event once. that you're yeah yeah that you're talking about the implication there is that you know he he tries to use his powers to stop the bullets and saves himself but not anybody else oh interesting i didn't even get but that. it's also kind of implied that like because his father yeah i'm pretty sure his it. father pushed him yeah that was that's that, why he survived right that was my understanding like i i, I didn't even seemed to think that that had happened that he had used his powers at any point it's like, meant to be presented like i think it's kind of ambiguous there i i thought the point of that sequence was to say hey you expect he's going to use his powers right now mm-hmm. but this is a re- this is a real thing that happened and no one had powers there right so sure, yeah yeah and i See, thought that that was powerful but i was like cool but I'm here for Magneto. Yeah, right. It's like it's it's done at the expense of Magneto, I think, kind of. Yeah, for me that scene was like I I took it as like this is the first time his his powers are manifesting and so he had no control over it, so it mm. just in the blink of an eye kept him alive. In in the art there's definitely like it's it's being shown that like it, it's supposed to look like he's doing something and it's kind of like a you know, I, I I think that Sean and Marco are correct that you're you're kind of supposed to think that it might have been more his father than him, but I think you're supposed to have that question. See, I, I thought that they made the when he's when he's like in the very first issue where he's like, oh, he has these this touch with his fingers. Like I right. thought that was a bit more related yeah. to actually him being, oh, you know, he has these powers, he's touching metal, he's you know. He's, he can form it really well. I thought that was an implication there. It definitely, then, I think, is as well. And I thought that would continue to play out, but it it just it, it kind of died there. Yeah, it's it's something that upon rereading it, I I do wish that it had been developed more as the story went on, rather than because like I think it's it's fine to have them be, um, especially in the earlier issues, right? To have it be really subtle because he's younger and you know, that kind of makes sense, right? Like, that's how mutant powers tend to manifest. 
But like as you get into the later issues and he's, you know, like a teenager and like a, an 18 year old or almost 18, he lies. But, um, you know, he's he's getting older and older as the book progresses. And like you kind of want to see it come into play a little bit more. Right. Like and to show that, like, maybe his powers are, are what kept him alive, you know. Um, but I think that to Sean's point, it's um, the book really, really does a, a great job of of focusing on like historical accuracy. And I think that is kind of at the expense of Magneto as a mutant character. Right. And as as a character who could have more agency than the average, um, you know, person in this scenario. Can you guys think of another instance of a story like this where we have a a, a well-established, I guess, superhero character in a situation of a story similar to this? Obviously, maybe not necessarily the Holocaust, but... What do you mean, like a real-life scenario? Yeah, where where the character is... Yeah, I guess a real-life scenario sort of... Um, the only one I can really think of is, uh, I don't know if you guys read it, I think it's, uh, I, I want to say it was called Unstable Molecules. It was a Fantastic Four story, uh, but it just turned out that it was a real life Fantastic Four story where they were all just kind of shitty. Like, you mean, what the hell? you mean like based <laughs> on a, a comic book story based on real events? But with superheroes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're trying to like establish here. Yeah, not necessarily real events, but something that's supposed to be sort of real, I guess. Okay. So like in Unstable Molecules, the Fantastic Four are presented just as a, f- a family. Oh. And and I think they did, I think they, it's been a while since I read it, but they. I think they went to space and... Uh, Sue has an affair with Ben, and it's a whole thing, and it's just not very good. Jesus Christ. Because they're not the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe not necessarily like that, but within the context of potential real events, Submariner, The Depths, uh, by Peter Milligan and, and Esad uh, Ribich, like, that is a story based out in like, the 40s. This is an explorer who tries to go and save this ship in the Mariana Trench. And the Submariner kind of is this looming figure throughout, but it focuses more so on the crew and the them turning mad. Mm. Uh, um, I mean, I feel like there's a bunch of stories like there's the one. I don't know if this fits your criteria necessarily, but there's the one where Spider-Man is saving people during 9-11. Um, uh, Wolverine during World War One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. He doesn't really use his powers there. Uh, mm. Those are the only things I can really think of, but I'm not sure if that really speaks to your point. Yeah, not not quite. I guess I guess my point from this question is sort of leads to another question, which is: Is there a a place for superheroes in these kind of situations? Because for me, the the thing I sort of came out of it uh, with was like. If you find out you have metal powers and you don't do anything in the Holocaust, that's that's not realistic. Like, and and to and to be fair, he doesn't find out. Like, that's that's not what I'm saying. He doesn't find out he has his magnet powers or whatever in this story. But I think that what I came away with was, man, Magneto he didn't do anything Mm. and then i know he couldn't i know he didn't have mastery over his powers or anything but for me in my mind the idea of magneto is he is a disenfranchised person from almost the word go Mm -hmm. who then develops control over every situation that he's in and the ability to take over and not allow, refusing to allow that to ever happen to anyone of his kind ever again. And so, I like that. But this story divorces him from his mutantdom. And mm. his mutant powers and his being a mutant is so integral to who he is that I don't feel like you can just take that out of the equation. I understand he's still Jewish, and so he's still a minority 
and this is a horrific situation. But I think that if you say, okay, well, here is here here he is as a mutant. Picture picture the story ending with him realizing his powers in a critical moment. Maybe they're going to kill Magda or something like that. I mean, it could be during the escape. Right, like they're like we have three guns, and how are we going to escape? And he uses his yeah, powers. Yeah, so he so he uses his powers, and all of a sudden, he's just murdering these Nazis. Yeah, that changes the history, and I understand that they Definitely. wanted to present it historically accurate, but there were mm-hmm. no mutants in real life, so you can't yeah. tell a Magneto story, strip him of his mutant dumb, and still have it be a Magneto story. But you also can't tell the Magneto story without changing history. So that makes this a weird duck in that regard. I'm, I'm really glad you made that point, Sean, and I'm going to take it back over here because it ties into something I wanted to talk about. So um, I, I have uh, the collected version of the book that they published after it was complete, and it has um, footnotes, and mm-hmm. it has a bunch of background about the historical like research that went into crafting the book, right? And it actually has... Um, like it cites every like events in every issue page by page uh and explains where like all of the inspiration for these events come from right and i think that um again this is a book that when i read it um when i was much younger it really really left an impression on me and rereading it i still really enjoy it but i think that Sean you you made you hit the nail on the head with the odd duck comment where I think that the amount of historical research that goes into it to the to the letter, right? Like things is as minute as that scene where there's the guy who does the neck slit thing when yeah. when Max is in the car or in the, it gets put on the train. And uh, that is something that was referenced from a book, you know? So like it's it's dozens of people's accounts and I think in its effort to be um a really kind of like holistic view at the experience of, you know, uh, a Jewish person experiencing the Holocaust, it's probably, it's very effective, you know? And I think that it does a lot of that stuff really well, but that's kind of at the expense of, um, of making it a story that's really about Magneto. But I think at the same time, I think it's still useful as a touchstone for, understanding magneto on some level in terms of even if like you're you have problems with some of the execution of how he's an actor or how his powers are implemented the idea of this as representative of his experience or what his experience in the holocaust would have been like and thinking about that through the context of like the books that we're reading now and how that informs his experience is is something that um i did still like I think there's like you can get something out of it in that way, even if there is kind of missed opportunity in terms of really making it feel like it's more connected to the character in a way that it should be. I I, I definitely I definitely feel like I got a semblance of of, of that of that you know using the character to to be able to touch on these moments and these experiences and be able to really communicate that. But I think what what I ended up leaving with was more questions and specifically was like, okay, but then how did he get his powers? How did he get this anger? How did he ultimately become that character? Because that what I I felt that this book didn't answer those for me. Whereas as I started getting into it, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna find out. Outside of obviously, you know, uh, he was in this. He he experienced the Holocaust. He was in, in Auschwitz. He was experiencing these events. But like, where did where did the character then go from that to become the character that that we know is I think the disconnect for me. So something I also wanted to pull on there is um, in the backup when Pac is talking about how they wanted to as, as much as the goal was to like be historically accurate to the period. They also really wanted to try and connect it as much to Magneto's real life history as possible. Um, you know, from a lot of the groundwork that was done, you know, in the original setting up of his backstory in the X-Men books. And one of the things um, that I, I saw from like going and digging and trying to get some context on stuff that I hadn't read or hadn't read since I was a teenager um, was that his mutant powers didn't manifest until like he was in his, I think like his mid 20s or, or like late 20s when he was married to uh magda and like they had a family his powers manifest and then 
like she leaves him and then that kind of sets him on the path to become the magneto that we know um and then that's 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 the backstory of the character right so it's it's interesting that like uh i guess that doesn't come up because like canonically speaking right like trying to fit this into the canon in some way like as a young man he didn't have any powers you know and like he was just a powerless kid so you ask like where does his anger come from right fucking there man right like imagine to sean's point that you went through all this and this was your life experience and you know almost everyone you've ever cared about dies and then all of a sudden you find out that you're you have this power and you know and then you start seeing mutants being treated in the same way that you were and that your people were when you were a Holocaust survivor, you know, victim, not a survivor then at the time. Um, And I think it totally makes sense, right? It's a very, you can connect those dots without this book having to do that. Cause I think this is like based on that slice of his life, not his life. But I don't think that's a, not a valid um, criticism to say that you want it to be contextualized in some broader way. Cause Kale brought that up earlier of the idea of trying to, you know, pit it against another character in some way to make that connection more clear rather than leaving it for the reader to do. Yeah, I mean, look, comic books retcon stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't really feel like, I mean, if you're going to change the dude's name and call him Max, you know, and you're going to do these things, you could easily switch it up to make the story because the origin that you described, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, in X Men, uh, I think it was yeah, it was in Dark Phoenix. They show you how he dips and he like starts to live a, a quiet life. He has a wife, he has a child, and all that. And then this this group of of people who live in the, the neighborhood. Uh, they learn that he has powers and they come and they burn his house down and they, you know, do all that that you would imagine. And that's the same thing that you're referencing. Right. Okay, awesome. That's really great. The thing is that in that version that I just described to you, it happens when he has already been Magneto. In the version that you described to me, he doesn't have his powers yet. And I get that it's it's it would spur him on towards violence that this happened sure. to him not because he's Jewish but because he's a mutant and now he's got this other whole scarlet letter on him but think about the magnitude of a young person who is so traumatized and scarred by their horrific experience in the holocaust developing the ability to strike back at the people who did this to him the people who killed his family, the people who did everything that they did, the power of that is lost. And even if it is accurate to the comics, they changed things anyways. Why take away the bite you could possibly have by not adding that punch to the story when most mutant powers develop in teenage years anyway? What sure. other mutant can you think of whose powers developed when they were not young? Yeah, no, and I, I think that's totally valid. Although I, I also, I think that, it was also – the fact that that's not his original name I think is a thing that is established beforehand, but not that this was the name. Like I know that this book established that that was his name for sure. In the in the back matter, they talk about how he had several different names yeah. and yeah. things like that, and they just went with – they just chose this. Okay, and, right. And I think – well, my, my last point on this was – he all this all this happening to him ultimately led to him having a life where he had found a semblance a semblance of like balance and sort of peace but this wasn't the inciting incident of his ultimate like anger and i think that was a little frustrating for me because of how they used him and and try to set it up in this story, but if down the road it, that becomes a true inciting factor, then I don't know. It just feels dissonant a bit. What about you, Kill? You haven't said anything in a minute. I see you percolating over there. 
I was trying to figure out how this book was received uh, because my experience with the other Marvel Knights titles is that they're, I guess they're a bit darker, a bit yeah. more, uh, slightly more uh, adult than regular, than the regular Marvel line. Um, so I was just curious as to what this, uh, what audiences would have uh, had to have said, uh, you know, what the sales were like. Mm-hmm. I didn't find anything, but um, I was just, I was just curious because it to me like especially as you keep progressing through the story, it could have like if you just titled it the Eric Lencher story. I like I don't know that it would have ended up any different. I don't know, like the it, Magneto Testament is a is a great title. <laughs> that i i i kind of feel like is is uh i don't want to say wasted but underserved uh underserved is a much better yeah i could see this book having been really well received cuz this was like what 2006 i think it was maybe 7 or 8 but yeah, yeah. um let me see yeah go ahead make your point while i look 2008 sounds right and if you look at if you look at the climate of Marvel comics mm-hmm. at that time. You look at where Magneto was even at at that time. Magneto really wasn't doing a whole lot, from what I can recall, at that particular uh, period. That was when they were doing the um, Messiah Complex and 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 those things. Yeah. Uh, those of you who are real X Men fans, you'll recall the one nine eight, and you'll recall that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Magneto mm-hmm. was a little bit off the board at that time, and I think that. Given the particulars of the way that mutants were being oppressed post House of M, mm. a book like this uh, really punches that up because it's an echo from the past of what we had been seeing in the moment of sure. the, of of the books. I mean, mutants were literally being watched over by Sentinels mm. at the Xavier Mansion, so I think that. If if the timeline is correct and and it did really come out in, in 08 and or that I, I looked that, at the book it said yeah the original publishing was 08 and 09 sure so this this is directly in that time period and I think that it would would have been very well received for those reasons I think if I had read it if we were talking then I probably have stronger feelings about it in a positive way than I do now sure. since then I've read things like Mouse uh, since then I've seen Magneto's origin told and retold on the big screen and i just feel like this is a if you took magneto out of this and you put in and it was just max and it was a regular kid and this was an image book great sure mm-hmm. why not it's okay. still generic i still feel like it's it's pretty straightforward and basic but then i'm not thinking about well, why doesn't he have his powers and you know, like Marco was saying, what happens next? You know, things like that. Yeah. You get away from those questions, and I feel like this book suffers because of those questions. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. So let's talk about the art. What do we think of it? Anybody have a strong feeling they want to lead off with? I I wasn't really into it. Oh. Uh, I had mixed feelings. I I thought that it serviced the story in... Uh, I'll say like from from like a, a panel perspective, from being able to you know really visually tell the story, I think it I think it was it did a good job. But I think the style itself, like some of the facial features, the the body language, I didn't think it was you know fully formed. Mm. Um, but I do think that you know it it from a comic book sequential perspective, it did it did a really good job. Um, and then Matt Hollingsworth. I love Matt Hollingsworth as a colorist. I think he did a, uh, a pretty yeah. good job. Uh, there are, you know, some subtleties in, for example, when um, Ruthie, y- y- she's in sick in bed and they give her like the, the spoonful of soup uh, in issue three. And then, you know, her hand was all like white and whatever. But then there's a little bit of like blush that comes in. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, these, these are like nice subtle touches. And, but the, the art itself, like some of the inking, I think more than anything felt a little off and it was, it was fine. Like there was nothing I would say was overtly bad, 
Uh, and there were definitely moments that were uh, that were really strong, but overall, I think it was pretty average. I would say, yeah, I, I would agree with that, Marco. Where I think that like it's one of those books where like I think the big moments hit, and I think some of the the smaller moments are well executed. But I think that a lot of the the particularly like kind of the the facial and the body language, like you said, feels like a little bit flat. You know, mm. like because like I there's um. You know, like moments when characters are like really expressive, where I feel like sometimes like those are the moments that work better because they're more detailed. But it's the quieter moments where I feel like sometimes stuff's kind of not it's not coming across as well as it could or should, you know, because it is such heavy subject matter that, you know, I think like (sighs) the subtlety of like just communicating emotion well through facial expressions is something that like goes a long way in a story like this. Yeah, yeah, I, I, but but I do think you can tell with with body language. Like I wasn't on the episode with Mouse, but but I have read it, and you can you can tell like when, um, when Art himself is like depressive and his his father's depressive, you know, he slouches more. There's there's like these really subtle ways, you know, they're skinnier visibly. Here, I don't think that yeah. they get to a point where they're visibly uh, skinnier, like visibly suffering outside of the color. Uh, I, I think there are ways that you can do stuff with with the the form that could have elevated the the presentation yeah that was one of my one of my gripes was that it didn't it didn't sell me enough on the physical changes that one would go through if they were in this situation yeah Um, but i also felt like there were some sequences that were not too clear like the one we were referencing before with like did he use his powers did his father push him I felt like the way that that was laid out, I understand they were probably going for ambiguity. Sure. But you can have ambiguity and still have, you know, coherent paneling. And I didn't feel like the paneling was really great in that particular sequence. And there were others where I felt that way as well, where things just could have been presented better. Um, I'm not sure why that was what it was i don't think the art was bad i just didn't it didn't resonate with me it didn't click with me and i feel like you could have definitely found an artist who could bring what Pac was trying to express to life a little bit better yeah yeah because i i agree with you i don't think the art is bad at all i just don't think it i don't think it's stand out and that's a shame you need evocative art for this yeah Although I will say there was one anecdote in the back matter that I did want to bring up um, that I thought was really cool when it came to the historical accuracy and related to the art. Um, There's a scene uh, later in the book where they're depicting uh, Auschwitz for the first time, and there was a a watchtower that's very famous that wasn't built at the time that they had said it was in the story. And apparently the night before printing, they redid that, uh, that page. Um, or that panel that that showed it, uh, like right before they had to run it to print, uh, because they really, really were trying to be dedicated to the whole historical accuracy thing. Um, mm. So it's interesting because, like, as much as I, I think that you guys are bringing up a lot of cr- valid criticisms um, and thoughts that I had while I was rereading it as well, uh, I, I really do respect the work that went into it and the attention to try and um, be thoughtful about it, even if it didn't necessarily work out as well as it probably could have, particularly when you think about the fact that it's Greg Pak who did it. Cause we know that he's good, you know? Well, the, I mean, for me, the, the fact that it was Greg Pak made it, uh, it, it let me know that it was going to be coherent, you know, mm-hmm. like when Greg Pak says he's going to put in the work, he puts in the work. Clearly, he cited his sources. He read a lot of books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> you know, you see it in in you know, like World War Hulk uh, or uh, Planet Hulk. Yeah, you know, his 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 work is huge and expansive, and you can see the detail and the work that he really puts in. He he knows how to live in these worlds that he's that he's made, and you know, so so his. Uh, doing all this research you know that his name is on it it was was more reassuring to me yeah well that's the thing is i think it's good again like i liked the book quite a bit um or i wouldn't have suggested it but i do think that it's like 
as much of a benefit as that work that he put in in is it's like almost the fact that it was so slavish to the truth is like almost to the detriment of it as a story rather than as like a um like i like they actually have a thing in the hardcover as well that's like a way that you can like use it in a class to teach about the holocaust and i feel like it would be super effective for that you know um but that doesn't necessarily you know mean that it it's the best version of this story that could have been told because it wanted to be historically accurate rather than yeah, sure. true to Magneto, right? And that's that's the thing, right? Like, we've – how many – like, you don't even need to have seen a Holocaust movie necessarily or anything like that. Like, I feel like you pick up what the Holocaust was just by living life, just growing up. You hear so much about it. Like, Public if you're not school. A, like, if you're not a denier or holo- a psycho, you, <laughs> you just kind of, like, know what happened, right? And for me – a story that's going to talk about this has to be more than just historically accurate because I don't know any of that stuff. Like, I don't know when this building was built or what this means or that. Like, I'm not a historian. You know, I'm not into the Holocaust, right? So I accept that it happened and it was horrific, but I don't go out of my way to, like, talk about it or hear about it. So the story has to come first. And I don't feel like that was the goal here. And I don't feel like that's what Pac achieved. So if this was going to be, he, if he wanted to write his own book about the Holocaust, that's fine. But if you're going to tell a story about it, compare this to Mouse. In Mouse, what is the story? The story is not the story of the Holocaust. The mm-hmm. story is how the Holocaust affected Art and his dad and how mm-hmm. and their relationship and all of that kind of jazz and that's the meat that intensifies everything that you actually see happen mm-hmm. in the holocaust because you are so connected to these characters because it's bookended by people who you've grown to care about through the craftsmanship and storytelling and this book does not have that you like me personally i don't care about max Outside of the fact that I know he's Magneto. And because he was so divorced from the character that I care about, it was hard to generate emotion whenever anything happened to him. Because the same awful shit was happening to everybody else. So there was nothing particular about his suffering or his acts of vengeance. Because they don't happen in this book. Right, and I feel like in the effort to make... Uh, a a book that kind of makes him an everyman, right? That's like representative of a, of like the broad experience of Jews during the Holocaust, right? And and like you said, kind of like the story of the Holocaust through the lens of one boy and how that affects his family. It it doesn't it doesn't feel as personal as it probably could, you know? Because like there's even like moments that I I remember. Um, like when like his teacher dies, right? Like that should have more weight than it does. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I actually thought that was the one moment that did have some weight. Really? And I mean, I th- I think it's good. Like I I think the fact that it's executed in the way that it is, where it's like <sighs> there's that that series of just the black pages, right? And then mm-hmm. it's like showing that he's really becoming like numb to things on some level, yeah. and like that that I think is effective. But that moment. Like, I feel like it could have a lot more weight if we had had, like, an understanding of the of the connection to that teacher more, right? Or, like, just, like, getting more, getting more personally involved in how Max feels and, you know, and what he, how he feels about the people around him and, you know, what they, like, the, the fact that, like, he doesn't react to it is meaningful because you kind of make the leap in your head of like well that was his teacher and like they must have been close and that must represent his old life to him in some way and and that's not that's not even so it's like subtext not text and i would love for there to be more more of the way that they treat the stuff that happens with magda at the end kind of woven throughout right like how does like how close is Max to his sister? Why why like you know like why is it so hard for him to see her sick? Like you need more of those human moments, I think. And it's so, um, it, it goes through this whole like kind of total look at the events of the Holocaust through 
like the lens of a German Jewish family that like we don't get into some of the meat that I feel like makes for good character moments. To that end, how did you feel about the um, the sort of historical uh, uh, time progression elements of the of the book, like uh, specifically like the uh, the Crystal Knocked paraphrasing? <laughs> I, I I did like those as like effective tools because it sort of cements like the the time in my mind. I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like I I can follow the progression. I can understand how that affects his own. Uh, his own timeline where he's at what might be happening next what 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 came before it provides more context to, like root him in his environment i think and that was effective i agree i th- i thought that that stuff was was good and i wanted to make i wanted to make sure that i was on point with where things were happening and like when they were happening and stuff like that and again that is great i just needed a core of, of, of a story to really care about because everything else was so well done. And you can see where Pac, where his effort went. You know, mm-hmm. you can tell just by reading the book that that's what he was focused on. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that really does put a good, a good pin on it there where the, I think this book is definitely an achievement. I think it's a shame that it feels like it in some in so many ways there are a lot of small missed opportunities to make it even better you know and and i think that like it's uh it's worth a read and i think it definitely has a lot of um like i think the idea of using it as like an educational application is is a really good idea actually and that's cool you know like i i love the idea of of using comics to educate kids about stuff that they might not necessarily be interested in but like you can get them the hook with the x-men or something like that right like there's value in that um but i think that in an effort to be like a historical text it it almost gets in the way of of just the story you know and and the human element of of that connection that we already have to magneto I think if I man, I don't know. I think if I were gonna try to use a comic to 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 talk about the Holocaust, I wouldn't use this because it's it's I don't know. Like why you know why not use Mouse? Why like I feel well, like for like younger yeah. kids, you know? Because like I think for like Mouse, like that I was de- is definitely more mature. And, like, I'm thinking, like, I remember when I was in, what, like, 7th or 8th, or no, even 6th grade, maybe, I had to read, uh, like, the, was it The Fault in Our Stars? Is that the one? No, it's, it's No. That's what the is John it? Green book. Oh, no, that's way different. <laughs> what is it? It's, I don't know. It's, like, whatever. I had to read a bunch of, like, books that were, you know, like, teaching you about the Holocaust through... And then you read The Diary of Anne Frank, but, like, then there's yeah. also, you know, like, a bunch of other fictionalized kind of stories around that period that they use to, like, teach you about the Holocaust without necessarily getting into some of the more gory details, you right. know? Um, and I, I could see it being having value for that, for sure. I was just saying, my, my, my last comment on the art, uh, I didn't care for the covers. Looked like... In early digital, like early digital, early two thousand, like digital paint. Yeah. I was like, nah, I'm not about it. Yeah, I, they feel they feel kind of dissonant from the book matter too. You know, like I don't feel like they necessarily. I don't feel like they added much. Um, okay, so let's put final thoughts on it. Sean, why don't you start? Sure, I clearly didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I think that there's something there, but. Pac had a specific agenda. And I think that oftentimes when creators come into work with a specific agenda associated with it, um, you can lose sight of just the, the need to tell a strong story before anything. And the Holocaust is a well-told story. It's been told so many times, so well, in so many different spaces. Pete referenced, you know, like the Diary of Anne Frank. Every child grows up hearing this and so for me a comic book that's going to retread well-worn ground even in the comic space right because the definitive comic on the holocaust exists already um and so if you're gonna if you're gonna go here i think that there has to be a great story reason as much as there is a great 
you know, real world reason. And we don't, yeah, we probably don't talk about it enough. We probably don't engage enough as adults. And we see in real life that because of that, we have, you know, a semblance of, of um, the population that they deny that this ever happened. And he makes reference of that in the back matter. And so I appreciate that fact because I don't think we should not talk about it. And I don't think we should forget about it. Just strictly as a comic book, strictly this book, I don't feel like it serves Magneto. I don't necessarily feel like it 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 tells a great story. I feel like it's really paint by numbers when it comes to the Holocaust. There's nothing here that I couldn't have imagined in my brain down to like the naive Jewish people who don't want to leave and, you know, oh, we got to scrape by and, and move around a lot. Like all of those things are things that I know really well and I don't know why I know them, you know, and the book doesn't ever do any more than that. It doesn't ever elevate higher than that. And I really, really wish it did because if it did, this could have been something particularly special especially within the context of Magneto as a character who this really could have benefited. But ultimately, when it comes to Magneto, we understand his story. We understand why he is who he is because we know the Holocaust so well. So this book ultimately does not add anything to his character. Marco? Um, I, 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 I agree with everything Sean said. I, I don't know that I can add to that. Um, yeah, I mean the story was fine. I don't think that it was. It did anything again, like to, to Sean's point. I don't think it did anything to elevate either the character or the, the historical event it was trying to portray, uh, or portrayed. It was. It was an okay story. What about you, Cal? <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, unfortunately, I feel similarly. I think uh, the thing that would make people pick this up has no connection to it um mm. and and i think that even even if there were just some you know present day context yes. within magneto's life that would do wonders for it but it just it just doesn't give it that it just doesn't go there um and i think that's that's the biggest failure really the art the art's fine overall like it's a it's a fine book but it 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 feels like a book that was put out to say something about a character but it doesn't really and it's just kind of a mediocre attempt yeah so for me um yeah this is a book that you know when i read it the first time I, it was shortly after it came out, you know, and um, it really left an impression on me at the time, you know, because I had not really seen a comic deal with like real, like a lot of like real world subject matter in a way that felt like honest, you know, and that is something that always stuck with me about this book. And upon revisiting it, um, I think that, I think that there are still elements of it in that that I feel like are effective, but now that I'm a more experienced reader and I've read so much more and I, I, I have more experience, even with like just stories about the Holocaust, um, that I don't think it made as strong an impression on me in the second read through. You know, I think it's a book that I'll always have a soft spot for because it meant something to me in that time and it made me think a little bit differently about comics. Uh, but yeah, upon revisiting, I think... I think it's it's average, you know, and and I I I think it's not a book that I um that I would recommend like in a broad sense, you know, like I think I think there like I said, I think there's definitely applications for it. I think if like you know, you had a um a younger kid who's interested in comics and you want an opportunity to like try to engage with them about something historical, like it's definitely like we said the research there is really good and i think that like it's effective in the same way that those other kind of base level texts are you know but not more or less so really it's just 
this one happens to be unique because it's a comic, you know, and not unique enough, really, because, you know, as Sean said, we do already have the definitive work. But um, I think this is more appropriate for a different kind of audience than that book is. So does it have its place? Yeah. Um, is it uh, is it as good as some of the other stuff from this line? I don't think so. Um, you know, particularly, and I'll, I'll take this opportunity to shout it out. Uh, we did a book club on, um, Silver Surfer Requiem, which is another book from this line that, um, is really good. So go check that out as well. Uh, so, oh, were you going to say something, Sean? I was going to say, hey, kid, you want to read comics? Read one about the Holocaust. Have yeah. a blast. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's, hey, you want to engage in uh, something historical? How about the worst event in history? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you too can read about the Holocaust. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys for joining us here in another edition of the Comics Pals Book Club. Uh, we'll be back next month with what, Marco? Oh, damn. I put him on the spot. Usually he's good about it. All right, I was so pulling it up. Gonna... You, got me, you got me too slow. Hold on, mate. You pull it up. You pull it up. I'll, 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 I'll start vamping, okay? So uh, thank you again for joining us here. Remember to give us a like on your audio platform of choice. Subscribe uh, to wherever you get your podcasts. If there's somewhere that you want us to be that we're not, you can bother Marco about that. Uh, we do a regular weekly comic book show, if this is your, your first time with us, uh, where we talk about the news and comic book culture, and sometimes we review comics. We're reading a lot of X-Men these days, so if you got on this episode because you're an x fan uh we're reviewing a lot of the major x books going on right now so we hope you'll go check that out uh you can also head over to our youtube channel um if you're not over there already if you are make sure you click that notification bell subscribe you know like the video all that youtube stuff and uh go check out some of our awesome interviews um our most recent one that uh, I'll, I'll plug is uh with al ewing of uh, immortal hulk and guardians of the galaxy fame oh, yeah. so if you want to go check that out or some of our coverage of major events like new york comic-con and all that stuff uh we got plenty of stuff for you so thank you for joining us and uh, we hope you'll join us next month on the book club for the New Mutants Demon Bear Saga. Oh, yeah. So more X-Books. All right. Cool. So, yeah, we hope you'll join us again for New Mutants next month. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with your suggestion for a book club, go join our Discord or write to us at thecomicspiles at gmail.com. Until then, we'll catch you next month on another edition of the Comics Pals Book Club. We love you, babies. Take care, guys. See you next month. He did mine.